Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button if you haven't already and please share widely with others. It makes a huge difference indeed. Today, it's such a pleasure to welcome back onto the show Anita Ewan, who is the head of social impact and health partnerships at Facebook. And she is a repeat guest. We had Anita on the show in November 2019. So if you want to take a look at that episode for context, I, I highly encourage you to do so. Today, we're going to be talking about Facebook's COVID-19 response efforts, and we're going to be looking at the work they're doing in connecting a global audience to authoritative information about COVID-19 vaccines, something that's really important. Uh, here in the UK, we've had a lot of success and a lot of take up for vaccines, but that's not the case everywhere in the world. Facebook operates globally, so I'm really keen to hear about the work that Anita and Facebook are doing to drive this forward. Now, before we kick off, I'd like to extend a heartfelt thanks to our sponsors, Quilt AI. Quilt AI is an artificial intelligence-powered consumer insights and market research platform. They currently work with approximately 100 clients, ranging from large corporates such as Coca-Cola, Unilever, and Visa, to large philanthropic organizations such as the Gates Foundation, the World Bank, Girl Effect, the UN, and Children's Investment Fund Foundation. With 6 million data sources and hundreds of AI models, they're able to answer any consumer or beneficiary research problem across more than 90 countries. And in 2019, their mission-based technology approach led The Economist to calling them an AI for good company. So do check them out at quilt.ai. As mentioned earlier today, it's such a pleasure to welcome onto the show Anita Ewan, who is the head of social impact and health partnerships at Facebook. And without further ado, Anita, it's such a pleasure to welcome to the show. Thank you, Alberto. It's a pleasure to be here again. Um, and I remember um, the last time we met, it was yeah November 2019, just before the pandemic. Um, and so much has happened since then. Exactly. The world has changed drastically. What have you been up to? Oh, <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's very obviously very different because when we met, we were in the Facebook offices in London. We were. Now you and I are in our living rooms. Um, it's obviously been a unprecedented moment, and uh, you know, a global emergency where you know there has just been a huge amount of uh, partnerships, a huge amount of launches of product. And also just a, a huge amount of the Facebook community kind of coming together to connect to each other, to mobilize resources, to to advocate um, on on issues and push forward social causes. You know, a lot a lot has happened. Yeah, yeah. I know you you guys you've been working closely with governments and you know public health officials, nonprofits. There's so much that you've been doing in terms of responding to this pandemic be great to learn a little bit more about that because I know these relationships you have and the, the way you're driving forward some of these efforts globally, they don't just happen. I mean, it takes a lot no. of effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think kind of very early on in the pandemic, we started to, we started to really mobilize to say, Hey, you know, obviously a platform of 2.7 billion people really has not just sort of an opportunity, but you know, in a way, in a lot of ways, a duty to provide credible information, authoritative inf information on COVID nineteen to help people 
um, made decisions around, you know, health and um, and currently around the, the vaccine and, and taking up the vaccine. So we've had things like uh, the COVID Information Center on the Facebook platform where people can access authoritative information. And we've been partnering with organizations like the World Health Organization, nonprofit organizations, as well as governments around the world to make sure that we've got accurate and um, informative information for people uh, around COVID-19 and around uh, getting the the COVID-19 vaccine. I mean, we've seen, I think, over 2 billion people who have accessed that information. And most recently, we've rolled that out now to Instagram, which which also, you know, is a a very popular platform for people to be uh, finding out about um, COVID. And which is, and Instagram is is part of the Facebook family. It is, yeah. So um, WhatsApp, Instagram, Facebook, these are all part of uh, Facebook Inc. Right, right, right. And you come, I mean, as I remember, you you yourself were in the not-for-profit space for quite a while, right? You used to be at UNICEF, uh, leading some of the yeah. um, sort of the engagement efforts there and so forth. So this is not an entirely alien concept to you. Like, you've been dealing with these organizations for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, you know, the thing to say here is that, um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, prior to joining Facebook, and I've been at Facebook now for almost five years. I can't believe it's it's flown by. Um, but prior to joining um, Facebook, I worked in many of the world's kind of biggest humanitarian aid organizations. So really um, started my career, um, you know, working at the International Federation of Red Cross and Red Crescent Societies. So IFRC, okay. um, moving over to uh, the World Food Program in Rome, and then later on to, to UNICEF. And in all of these organizations, you know, I, I've always worked in the area of partnership and digital innovation. And uh, I've had my fair share of emergency response, you know, like this is, this is something that, you know, I find immensely purposeful and really kind of energizing in terms of just, you know, being able to pitch in and, and, and try and be helpful. And I think it's been so interesting and really meaningful to be inside a company like Facebook and in a sense, do do a very similar job in terms of responding to the emergency, um, but doing it in a in a slightly different way, and then having the great fortune of being able to work with organizations uh, like UNICEF or like the World Health Organization to kind of really amplify what they're doing. Right now, in a previous life, I used to run an organization. We collaborated very closely with UNICEF. One of those things that's extremely close to UNICEF's heart is vaccines, you know, making sure that people, I remember uh, speaking with folks at UNICEF and learning about vaccines and learning why it's important that people take vaccines and not just because it's important for them, but as a, as a good for society, it's important. Absolutely. Uh, Because the more people who are vaccinated, the the more difficult it becomes for, for something to get transmitted throughout that community. So, and now you're, you're, you're here at Facebook and you're privileged to have I think, I mean, it's an enviable platform, such scale, such uh, such connectivity. What are you guys doing to get people connected with authoritative information? And you shed a little bit of light into yeah. it, but what's it look like? Where does somebody actually go? Yeah. So I guess the first thing, and, and um, I mentioned it before, is the COVID Information Center. Mm-hmm. And that really is a place where you know we've seen over 2 billion people access information, authoritative information about COVID. Uh, they can learn more about COVID-19 vaccines. 
And all of this information that we're putting here, of course, is, is being um, provided by you know, the World Health Organizations and governments around the world. The other thing that we're doing is on posts about COVID-19 vaccines, um, we're, putting, we're starting to put labels um, on those posts with additional information from the World Health Organization. Um, so just to make sure that we're amplifying credible and authoritative information around the COVID-19 vaccine, because you know, as you know, there's, you know, there've been lots of questions about it. People, you know, have had some concerns about it. So we really want to try and get out and disseminate and amplify credible information. In some cases, we've also, um, we're working with governments to expand uh, WhatsApp chatbots. Uh, to make sure that people are getting registered for uh, vaccines in countries uh, where vaccines are available. Um, and then I guess the other thing that we have done, which has been really a massive kind of effort across Facebook, has been to support partners, global partners like the World Health Organization, UNICEF, Gavi, and others, as well as governments and NGOs, to support them with um, campaigns around vaccination. So to help amplify any campaigns and communication they're doing um, to get out credible information around the vaccine. So um, for example, we're working with UNICEF right now to um, help them run campaigns uh, in, in countries around the world you know, that are featuring kind of health professionals talking about why it's important to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, similarly, we're working in countries like the UK, where we've got organizations, NGOs that are focusing on trying to um, provide more credible information to populations that may be very um, concerned about the COVID-19 vaccine. So we're working with um, an organization in the UK called the British Islamic Medical Association. We're amplifying the campaigns around COVID, the COVID vaccine and answering questions and, and busting myths around uh, the vaccine. So th this, at this point, we've, we've kind of um, donated over $120 million worth of ad credits to this, these kind of partners um, around the world. And in addition to that, we've, we've also you know, supported them with marketing advice and, and really helping them to understand the impact of these campaigns through brand lift studies after, after the campaign so that they can really understand, did it move the needle? Did it actually help shift um, you know, people's uh, willingness to take the vaccine? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff. Now, changing attitudes, increasing awareness is very difficult. What are the challenges you're facing around that? I mean, how, and how are you measuring it? I don't know yeah. if that's- Yeah, and I think, I think that the important point here is to say that you know, we are not kind of doing that. We are, we are working with partners um, to support them in those types of activities. So it's, it's not sort of us, but if a partner, uh, you know, is working, you know, or representing a certain community where there are, you know, questions ar around the vaccine and they know exactly kind of how to kind of address some of those questions by pro providing, um, you know, authoritative information, credible information with, tr uh, you know, from trusted messengers, then we're here to kind of help them amplify that so that they can reach, you know, broader audiences. Yeah, yeah. I remember one of the things that really resonated with me when we met, when we first met uh, in 2019, was about the importance of speaking with an authentic voice. Like those yes. organizations that actually, yes. authentic voice, that authenticity. Yeah, 
I think it's, I think it's really, I think it's really important. And I think it's very fair for people to have um, questions around, you know, health and have questions around the COVID-19 vaccine. And Facebook is in many ways a perfect platform for people to voice those questions and also for um, organizations who are experts in this area to provide information and answer those questions from trusted messengers, people that are from those communities. We know in the UK, for example, um, there is higher degrees of vaccine skepticism amongst the black um, and South Asian communities. Uh, there's also, we've seen you know, globally that younger people too, you know, may be more reluctant to take the COVID-19 vaccine. So by working with partners to make sure that people really get all the information they can, they can make informed decisions about their health and whether or not they will take the, the vaccine. This is something that we feel is really, really important to do. And I think it's also really important to kind of say that there, we know that, you know, there have been many people that have um, been disproportionately affected by COVID-19. Um, and there are certain communities that are more vulnerable. And so uh, we just want to make sure that we are able to support organizations that, uh, you know, are trying to reach the hardest to reach. That's something that um, I think is, it's, it's something that is really important to us. And it's something like for me personally, I find very motivating. Mm -hmm. If I'm on Facebook, uh, how do I stumble onto this hub of authoritative information that you're you're curating or, or guiding people to does it simply show up on my feed from time to time or do i need to do an active search for it or it you can find it on the you can find it on the facebook tab but you can also um when we are updating information so for example um when we have new content say from the world health organization uh people will often receive a notification on facebook letting them know that there's been new information that's been put there so we're we're kind of also pro proactively um, trying to drive people to that that hub. Mm -hmm. I think another important area that we're working on, and that you know um, most recently has been around um, trying to kind of make sure that we're supporting the global and equitable distribution of the COVID nineteen vaccine. Mm -hmm. I think you know the we're sitting in the UK right now. Many people here have had their at least their first jab. I think at least over 50% of the adult population in the UK now have had uh, their first dose of the vaccine. Uh, but globally, you know, sadly, we know that 80% of the world's vaccine supply is, is in the hands of, of 10 of the richest countries. And we know that this is, there is a sort of, a, you know, there is a inequity that is, has happened um, around this and we're trying to to also really work to try and support the covax initiative which um really is a you know a, a, an initiative that is kind of i think believe it's run by gavi mm -hmm. to try and um, drive more equitable um, vaccines around the world uh, so last week we announced that we will be donating five million to the World Health Organization. Uh, they have a foundation which we will be um, making a donation to them through the Go Give One campaign. And this is a, a global campaign that was recently launched. Um, and so for every fundraiser that's created on the Facebook platform for the U United Nations Foundation to support uh, this uh, this campaign. 
uh, Facebook will be um, adding $20 to each fundraiser to help kind of incentivize people to raise more money um, for this really, really important initiative. Excellent. And, and, and that's another thing. I mean, we, haven't, we, we touched on it last time you were on the show, but um, it's, a, it's a very strong platform for fundraising, Facebook. It really is. Yeah. And I think, I think when you and I spoke in November uh, 2019, mm-hmm. we had recently announced that we had raised over $2 billion that's right. um, for charities through our donation tools. And um, just a few weeks ago, we announced that we have now raised over $5 billion for charities. So this is um, crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Um, And I think that it's been, you know, in in many ways, the COVID crisis has very much negatively impacted nonprofits. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, if you remember the first phase of of the COVID crisis, um, so many charities, really, they they had to cancel um, all of their kind of offline events, their real world events, so many charities really they they held off on uh, fundraising appeals because, in a way, everybody was so focused on COVID that, it, you know, there were there were little opportunities to raise money for 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 other causes. And so, while I think COVID has has been very very tough for the nonprofit sector, what we have seen is we've seen quite a rapid digitization. Of fundraising activities for charities, um, and I think that's that's probably reflected in that that growth from from two billion to to five billion. Um, I mean, two to five, two billion, two billion in itself is a crazy number. Five billion is is is, is mind boggling. And is it still the case that you guys don't take a cut? I remember, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it give us visibility on that a little bit because again, there's a lot of digital fundraising platforms out there, but uh, there's usually a Somebody's taking a commission in the middle. No, it's true. It's true. Yeah, and we um, we are not taking a cut. So 100% of what is raised, um, so 100% of that five billion has gone to nonprofits. Um, there is no fee, and we cover. We actually cover the, the the credit card transaction fees, and of course, we have a lot of overhead just in terms of supporting this this product. But we we absorb all of that and. Yeah, and our and our ambition is to 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 grow this and to to raise even more money for good causes. But I think it's I think it's been it's been very really like very inspiring to kind of see the types of things that have happened on the platform over the past year. There's been a, obviously COVID has had a tremendous kind of impact on people's um, you know mental health. We've seen um, increases in things like domestic violence. Um, and so there's been a lot of organizations that have really are responding to that and have seen a lot of mobilization of their community to, to raise funds for them. I'm thinking of um, there's a, an Irish charity called uh, Pieta House, uh, which is they, they support um, mental health um, and suicide prevention. And uh, I think it was March 2020. There was a person by the name of Ogie Doyle, and he had a friend Libby, who had basically, uh, you know, had succumbed to her mental illness, and he he created a fundraiser on Facebook uh, to support her memory and to support um, this charity. And um, I think he had a, I think he was gonna he was gonna walk or run hundred 
kilometers or something like this. He set up a, 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 a fundraising goal of, of raising 500 euro. And I think he very quickly raised something like uh, 23,000 euro um, amongst his Facebook community. Um, and it was just like an amazing, it was just kind of amazing to see somebody, you know, who was really affected and impacted by the death of his friend do something you know, not only for this charity, but also kind of do something meaningful to channel that kind of, um, you know, the celebration of her life. So that, you know, that's just kind of one, one example. We, we also work with a, an organization in the UK called Refuge, and they're an amazing organization that supports women and children who are survivors of domestic abuse. And you can imagine this year, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a really tough one for a lot of women during lockdowns um, and refuge you know was an organization that essentially was not really investing a lot in digital channels and at the beginning of the lockdown they started to really sort of invest in digital channels because it was essentially one of the only ways in which they could really kind of mobilize support and i think within the last year they've raised something like three million um, through the facebook platform and it's and it's growing so that's great. And setting up these uh, fundraisers is fairly straightforward, right? Um, yeah, very, I mean, very straightforward. Um, often we're running a, uh, we're still running a birthday uh, promotion. So, you know, two weeks before your birthday, you may get a notification asking you to make, uh, asking you if you'd like to donate your birthday um, to a charity, you know, to a good cause. Um, and you can easily set up a fundraiser, you set a goal, um, you know, you set a time frame in which you want to kind of raise money and um, you can ask your friends and family to, to support you in that. Um, but I think that sort of thing right now has been has been really meaningful in, in, a, in a moment where I think so much of the world has, you know, I think the COVID crisis has probably made us all a little bit more empathetic. And I think people have wanted to kind of do things and um, show support for other people and other causes. Another kind of really cool thing that I think has happened during the COVID crisis has been, um, I mean, it's not cool in the sense that a lot of offline events uh, were canceled for charities, but what charities have done is I think they've been very innovative um, and clever in terms of trying to kind of turn that into um, an opportunity for their communities. So um, a lot of offline activities got canceled. A lot of events, marathons, walks and runs got canceled. And so we, what we've seen over the past 18 months um, has been charities where they will actually set up a, a virtual challenge. Mm -hmm. What charities are doing is for sort of the, a month, they will run a virtual challenge where they'll ask their community to basically walk, you know, walk every day or, you know, uh, take X amount of steps, um, you know, do, you know, 10,000 push-ups uh, within the month and uh, set up a Facebook fundraiser and raise money for them. And I think one thing that's been really cool is that, you know, they're using Facebook advertising to drive people to ask them if they want to take the challenge. They then uh, put people into a Facebook group. So people then become part of a community where they're really kind of cheering each other on, they're sharing all of the things that they're doing, um, and uh, you know, in terms of the challenge, um, and then they're raising funds amongst their friends and family. And these have just been a tremendous um, success for charities. Um, and I think it's been 
uh, very cool to kind of see how they're building communities on the Facebook platform. Um, but also, I think really importantly, they are providing, you know, almost something uh, enjoyable for something, some people to do during lockdown. You know, we've all been kind of locked in our houses. People need a good excuse to get out and walk or to move their bodies. And doing it for a great cause is just, it's sort of like a, a win-win, you know. Um, it's, it great for, it's great for the supporter, but it's also, it's great for the charity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been, yeah, this has been one of, I think, one example of where we've seen, you know, loads of different charities, um, particularly in Europe, uh, really start to kind of pivot and think creatively around how can they raise money in, in you know, a very tough moment. Very interesting. Are you able to glean any sort of optimism? Um, I'm always very pleasantly surprised by the amount of optimism that our guests, my guests, uh, have. And they're like, you know, we need to build back better. Building back better is not easy, but it's a really great opportunity to rethink about how we're doing things and also to strategize and think about what are, what were we doing as an organization that we might be able to do differently when we get out of this. Um, are you able to glean uh, by the way people behave or they communicate any optimism in terms of where things are heading? Yeah, I mean, I think I feel optimistic about a bunch of things. I think the first one, and I think it's something that's really, um, it's probably, you know, something that I feel personally quite passionate about is the impact that platforms like Facebook can have and um, the digitization that we've seen, the acceleration of the uh, of digital within the COVID crisis, you know, and I think for a lot of organizations, you know, it is it is a challenging moment, but they've been able to, I think, do a lot of things, build communities, uh, mobilize resources, mobilize advocates through platforms like Facebook and digital channels. So I think I feel very optimistic about that. Uh, COVID has accelerated digital. Um, and I, I do think that there has been, we've seen so many examples throughout the past 18 months of where that has come to life. I feel also that COVID um, is an, un, you know, obviously it's an unprecedented kind of crisis. And I think what it's also done, and I see this very much in the work that we're doing at Facebook, is that it's bringing, it's bringing, bringing the private sector It's bringing governments, it's bringing individuals together in a way, and and, and the nonprofit sector in a way that it's maybe never done before to tackle global issues. And I think we are kind of living in a, we're we're finding new kind of pathways and ways of of working together to kind of tackle the COVID crisis. And I think it will provide a bit of a blueprint for future global challenges that we're trying to face. Um, so, you know, the, the fact that we're, you know, we're partnering with the World Health Organization, governments to get out credible information. Um, we're mobilizing, um, you know, there's all sorts of individuals that are, you know, raising money or, you know, getting out and, and, and talking about the importance of issues that they care about. All of this convergence um, that we're seeing, I think, is, is unprecedented. And I think it is, it is a whether the, the you know the it's another issue of a global uh, climate crisis or you know other big issues, I think it will help pave the way for us to find new and creative ways to to solve problems. Mm, mm. 
Alberta, one one other thing that I wanted to I wanted to mention also, um, you know, in terms of you know what we've been focusing on over the last uh, eighteen months has been um, our blood donation uh, product and the rollout. I think when you and I last spoke, we had launched in, um, in five different countries. So I think we were in Pakistan, Bangladesh, uh, India, uh, the U.S. And since then, we have now um, kind of expanded our blood donations tool to over 29 countries. So we're now, you know, we've launched in places like Mongolia and Egypt and um, the UK. Um, and so this has been, this has been, a, you know, a, an amazing kind of um, cross-functional kind of um, effort amongst, uh, you know, policy teams, partnership teams, communication, product marketing at Facebook, as well as amazing partnerships that we have at national levels with ministries of health and blood partners to help kind of bring this to life. Um, so it's been, it's, been, it's been quite amazing. And I think, you know, the COVID crisis has, because of lockdowns in many ways, um, really kind of had an impact on blood supply uh, in many countries. How does it work? So tell us a little bit about the Blood Donations um, Initiative. So the Blood Donations Initiative has been around since 2018, uh, where we launched it originally in India. And um, really that was born out of um, kind of the reality of us seeing that on the Facebook platform, when people were going in for surgery in India, um, they would need to bring in their own blood in case they needed a blood transfusion. And they would just post um, organically on Facebook, um, asking friends and family um, to donate blood so that they could you know, have that blood uh, when they went into the hospital. And we sort of, sort of observed that on the platform and started to build a tool to try and make that a more efficient and streamlined process. Um, so in essence, the, you know, the blood donation tool is, is a fairly straightforward tool where people who want to donate blood can indicate an interest and sign up um, for their willingness to donate blood um, and blood partners. So, um, you know, organizations that are responsible for the blood supply in a, in a given country, they can um, onboard to the tool. And when they need blood, they can uh, send out notifications and letting people know that they need that blood. And so if you signed up and said, hey, I'm interested in donating, donating blood, you'll receive a notification when that blood is needed um, in your geographical kind of area. Um, so it's a, very, it's a very simple but quite effective tool for, for, for helping the, the global um, blood supply. Which a lot of times is in short supply, from what I understand. A lot of times you have... It really yeah. has, yeah. And I think with lockdowns, people were, you know, a bit nervous um, about leaving their house and donating blood. And so for in many countries, you know, there, there has been a real need during COVID for blood. And so this tool has, has been a, a way, another channel for, for countries to kind of source uh, much needed blood. Yeah. Now we, we are running out of time. Um, I always want to ask my guests for a key takeaway that they'd love, they'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finish listening to today's episode. Okay. What, what would that be? What, what is it that you'd like to, um, to share? Well, I think, I mean, I'm with you in the sense that I feel very kind of optimistic. You know, it's been a, it's been a tough year, obviously, but I think some of the things that we've seen take place on the Facebook platform 
have been really, really kind of encouraging. And, you know, we obviously want to give people a place to share and create, you know, positive impact. And I think this past year, you know, we've provided so much information and resources to people on health and well-being. And I think that has been, I think that has been tremendous. And it's something that I feel really proud of and, and, and positive about. Um, but also just seeing how people coming together, you know, to make a difference. It's been motivating and inspiring. And I think we are very much invested in this area. We very much want to scale and grow um, these products. We want to be helpful. And we're still kind of looking at and observing what are people doing on the platform, you know, to have social impact, to have a positive social impact. How can we make that even more powerful? How can we amplify that? And how can we kind of scale that? And I think, you know, the importance of partnerships. I think when you and I spoke originally, I think uh, we talked a bit about the importance of partnerships and partnerships have never been more important uh, to, to us and to the, for this year. I think um, we couldn't do any of this without, without amazing partners. And we're also, you know, we're learning and, 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 what, and, and uh, you know, this is, this is really, you know, down to a lot of our partners. Excellent. And on a very upbeat note, we conclude today's episode. Anita, thank you so much. And to our audience, you've been listening to Anita Ewan, who heads up uh, Facebook's Social Impact and Health Partnerships. So uh, many thanks indeed. It's been so good uh, seeing you again, speaking with you again, and I look forward to your next visit with us. It's great to see you, Alberto. Next time in person. Next time in person, we'll pop by your offices. <laughs> Anytime. And that's a wrap. Thanks very much for tuning in today. For a full transcript of my conversation with Anita, please visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I dot org, where you'll also be able to find information on over 100 other episodes that I've done with remarkable folks. Please click that subscribe button if you haven't already, and please share widely with others. It makes a huge difference indeed. Thanks once again, and I look forward to catching up with you next week. <music>